Hi guys, welcome to Finding Solace. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Solace. I'm your host, Susan, and today we're going to be addressing unconscious bias. So what is unconscious bias, you say? Is that even a thing? Yes, sir. Unconscious bias is another word for implicit bias, and that refers to the influences of stereotypes and experiences that affect our understanding and actions and decisions in an unconscious manner. So basically, these biases are activated, I guess you could say, involuntarily and without a person's awareness or intentional control. So this is different from explicit biases, which is discriminatory actions knowingly directed towards a group of people. So like, for example, if someone is planning to hire a person to fill a executive position and they see a male's resume and they also see a female's resume and they decide to accept the male's resume because they don't think females are capable of leading a group of people. So they're knowingly choosing the male because they think the female is lesser. So that's explicit bias. And implicit biases are usually associations. So for example, if a woman is finishing her shift and she is going onto the subway and decides to stop by a Starbucks to get a mango dragon fruit refresher, and on her way there, she sees a black man. and when she sees him, she starts to like clutch her purse and like tries to avoid him and goes in a different direction than him because she's scared that he might harm her. And maybe she has read like news articles of black individuals being more aggressive. And so they're really just kind of like stereotypes and like what you've learned, I guess, before. So she's not knowingly trying to discriminate him or like trying to say that, oh my god, you're dangerous, please don't come near me. She is just a little more cautious than usual. And these types of implicit biases stems from a variety of places. The main one I can think of is probably the news and the media, because that's where we usually get our source of information. And so a lot of headlines, a lot of newspapers engage in character assassination, which is just downplaying a person's character, especially when it comes to covering news on a person of color. Not more so now. I think that happened a lot before, but I mean, I can't say it doesn't happen like in today's society, but like not as much as it used to be, I um, I hope, I assume. So for example, a lot of news outlets may write headlines that seem dismissive of black lives or like not stressing the urgency of black lives, or even suggesting that victims who are people of color are to blame for their own deaths or their own consequences. And so there is a clear difference in the treatment of white people and, say, a person of color in the media. So I guess an example of a headline I have right here is, in 2012, a, a woman was robbing a series of like banks and also stores, but The headline of her article, of her story, was Bank Robbery Suspect Was Outstanding Blue Hills Student. So in her article, 
even though she committed a crime, a positive light of her stood out so that it kind of neutralizes what she has done. And on the other hand, in 2013, a 19-year-old black victim was gunned down and his headline for the article was, shooting victim had many run-ins with the law. So even though he was a victim, he had the bad side of him exposed, which I don't see why is relevant to the article, but, you know, it kind of puts black victims in a bad light, which I think is very unacceptable. So although headlines are just kind of phrases that that we see when we look at the news or like when we skim over stuff, they're often the first things that we read before diving into the article so they can easily create an image of a person or a racial group and impact the perception of them. And so when you're reading headlines and stuff like that, take that with a grain of salt and do your research properly. Because you know, the more educated you are, the better you will be. And in addition to the news and the media, the environment that we are raised in also contributes to implicit biases. A lot of the times parents or the adults around us have had bad experiences with people of a certain race and they share those instances or stories or stereotypes with their children. <laughs> My battery's running low. Um... Well, that concludes today's podcast. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Now, where was I? Ah, uh, yes. So, a lot of the times, parents or the adults around us share the bad experiences they had with a person of a certain racial group, and they share those stories and instances and stereotypes with their child. And they warn their children, oh, you have to be careful of this race because they're dangerous, or they're telling their children, oh, this certain person of this race is selfish or they're dumb. And because children are still developing and seeing and exploring the world, the things that they hear from adults shape their perception of, say, black people or Hispanics or Asians. And those thoughts begin to be ingrained in their heads. And once they go out into the world, their actions are influenced by that bias. And of course, existing racism in our society also contributes to implicit bias. So I think a really good example was back in the 2000s, a throwback, when the 2008 financial crisis hit the United States. So in Maryland, there is a county called Prince George's County, and it is one of the wealthiest black majority county. So a lot of people living there have high education, they earned a respectable amount of money, and overall, they just live really good lives, they live, they live in really good houses, but when the 2008 housing crisis hit, or when the 2008 financial crisis hit, a lot of people had a hard time paying off their mortgages or paying off their houses. And so this was the start of the 2008 housing crisis. So Prince George's County, in order to help them, they started giving out mortgage loans. But instead of giving prime mortgage loans, which is a loan that banks usually give out to people who have good credit scores 
and they are pretty responsible with their money, so they have a lower interest rate. So instead of giving that out, Prince George's County started giving out subprime mortgages, which is usually given to people with bad credit histories and people who aren't financially responsible. So as a result, those mortgages have a higher interest rate so that people won't take out money that they can't pay back. So the people of Prince George's County were convinced that subprime loans were the only options for them to keep their houses and save them from foreclosure. But later, it was revealed that several major banks have been purposely giving people of color subprime loans even though they qualified for prime mortgages. And this situation caused black people to be affected disproportionately. And because of that incident, some people started believing that black people live in poverty or that they live in bad housing areas. And so unfortunately, some people's perspective of black individuals started to change. And the same thing goes with gender as well. Women are known to be paid less than men and are oftentimes victims of workplace discrimination. So when society measures a person's success based on their status and income, because of the disadvantage women are put at, people think that women aren't as capable because they don't earn as much as men and they aren't in the same high positions as men. So we all have implicit biases. Again, it is normal, but it's important that we have to acknowledge our biases. And I know it's uncomfortable. I've been there. I also agree that it's uncomfortable to acknowledge our biases. But no, that's okay. Remember, it's normal to have these biases. But if we don't get past the fact that we have to be uncomfortable in order to be comfortable, we can't move forward and change the systems that we have now. So a good habit that I've been trying to incorporate into my life is being more mindful of my actions and situations. So really try to pinpoint where you might start to display biases and learn how to grow from that. Because, you know, it's okay to make mistakes because you can get corrected, you can grow from them, you can be better. So the other day I was watching a really good TED Talk by Verna Myers on how to overcome our biases. She is super funny and a really amazing speaker. I was hooked the entire time she was talking. And one of the things that she mentioned in her TED Talk was to reset your associations. So we are all human, according to good old Bill Nye. So no one can argue otherwise because Bill Nye, the science guy, is always right. So scientifically speaking, we are all the same. It doesn't matter our skin color, it doesn't matter where we come from, it doesn't matter eye color. Know, etc. And of course, there's always a few bad apples in each apple tree, but one bad apple doesn't spoil the entire tree. I'm not sure if that's the same, but you know, it's my podcast. One particular experience, maybe a bad experience with a certain race, is not a good enough justification that everyone of that particular race is the same way. So she said in her podcast, anytime you see someone doing something you don't expect them to do, look at them, stare at them, memorize their face, befriend them, show them some respect, and reset your associations. Because our biases are based on the perceptions that we have before even getting to know a person. How do we know if a person is what we think we are if we don't get to know them? Am I right? So on the topic of getting to know people, Creating actual, real, genuine relationships with a variety of people is a great way to 
overcome implicit biases. So when you do create genuine connections with a diverse of people, you gain empathy, you gain the ability to understand and share the feelings of someone else, become a bigger person, and become a good ally. Then it's all sunshines and rainbows from there. So Verna also mentioned in her TED Talk to use your influence, and this may be the hardest part, but just like the old saying in elementary school, if you see something, yes, say something. Because letting someone think that it's okay to discriminate or hold biases will encourage them to do the same thing again in the future. So say during a family gathering or a family event, you hear your Uncle Arnold talk poop about someone, then the little kids there are going to hear it and they'll think that it's acceptable to think that way, to be that way. And that's how people acquire biases and that's what fuels the endless cycle of racism. So not necessarily telling you to go out to the streets and like sit there and look for people who are biased and going head on to attack them. If you want to do that, then please do so at your own risk because I am not responsible for what will come your way. But what you can do is start letting the people around you know when they are disrespecting a certain racial group and let them know what you think is right and tell them why they are incorrect. And I know it's hard to call out the people who you're close to or maybe even strangers, but you can let them fall softly on a pillow of love and understanding. So no one likes to feel like they're being attacked or they're the person at fault. So if you do want to talk to someone, then it's a good idea to start the conversation with some common ground. So you can start by saying an ignorance that you may have had before and how you overcame it. Like I used to think, this racial group or this person was blah 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 but now after being friends with so and so I started to realize that what I thought was actually not true and so with the good help of old AP Lang, ethos pathos and logos create an environment and a sense of authority that will make them listen to you so after you set the mood maybe bring them to a dining table lay some candles bring some snacks Set a clear goal of what you want to achieve by talking to them and let them know what you want out of the conversation, whether that's asking them to stop using hateful words or becoming a good ally or just hearing what you have to say. Having these conversations may be hard, but they can also help you grow closer to the person you're talking to. And when things get heated, you can say why this conversation is good for the both of you guys to become better people. And of course, if things do spiral out of control, you can always take a step back and tell them, to maybe come back to this topic another time when emotional levels are lower. And inevitably, when it comes to older adults, there's always a generation divide. So what older adults may have experienced or their values may be different from what younger generations have experienced and have. So younger generations can learn how older generations grew up and how that shaped their thinking. And older generations can take inspiration from younger generations to become more open to new ideas. So ultimately, go about it with kindness and not defamation. Since our world is hurt right now, if you do know someone who is experiencing hardships regarding racism or trauma, reach out and ask if they need anything and what you can do to help because they'll definitely appreciate it. So the main thing when it comes to implicit biases is to have the mindset and to be willing to change because that's what will make a huge difference. If you aren't willing to change inside, then nothing's going to change around you. So actions are what changes things, 
and actions are what makes things better. And although people might think explicit biases are the most dangerous, implicit biases, although it's unconscious, doesn't mean it's harmless because these implicit biases can affect the little things in life or the big things in life. Implicit biases can influence a person's behavior in a way that can result in unintended but discriminatory effects. So in the end, it's important to stay mindful. The most important thing to help combat implicit bias is willingness to change. And I believe that as soon as you have the will to change, things will start to change around you. Because each of you is worthy to be happy, each of you is worthy to live a good life, and each of you is worthy to pursue things that you're passionate about. If you want to help with any of the current events going on in the world, I have a link in the description of this podcast, so if you guys want to check that out, maybe participate in some petitions, donate, you can go ahead and do that with the link I have provided. And so that concludes today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it or learned something new from it. If you want to interact with me or submit any ideas for the podcast, you can go ahead and visit the Instagram page for this podcast at Finding Souls Podcast. And if you think that this is worth sharing, or if you know someone who needs to listen to this podcast, go ahead and share it with them. And as always, you are welcomed here whenever and wherever. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye!